Well, everybody, we're back with another episode of the Steel Target Paint Podcast, first one of 2019. Steve, how you doing? Jeff, I'm doing fantastic. Had a nice little vacation at the beach and uh, did a little chilling out and a little training when I came back. How was your uh, holiday? It was great. Got to see the folks and my sister came into town and still got to do some shooting and some practicing. So it was a great holiday, but getting back to work today was definitely tough. <laughs> hey, next week, I actually have a five-day work week. I'm not sure how I'm going to cope, but we'll see what happens. I recommend 14 hours of sleep. <laughs> I like it. Well, Steve, you reached out to our guest tonight, so I'm going to let you introduce him. Everybody, we got a good one. One of the best shooters in the country, Christian Sailors. Christian, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, Steve. How are you? Oh, great, man. Thanks for joining us tonight. I know you're out on the West Coast, so it's a little bit early mm -hmm. for you, but we appreciate it. Yeah, well, All thanks right. so much for having me. I'm excited about it. Man, I heard a rumor out there. You're a Washington Husky, aren't you? Uh, you could probably say that. Yeah, I just uh, finished my freshman fall quarter at the University of Washington uh, up on Seattle campus, and uh, I plan on studying business there, and uh, I'm a, currently at Alpha Delta Pledge. Uh, um, so really enjoying my time there. Oh, good for you. Did you make it down to see the game? I did. Yeah, it was kind of a bummer. Uh, Ohio State came out real strong and whatnot, but uh, it was a real fun time. I went down there with my mom, and uh, really cool experience going down to the Rose Bowl for sure. You know, I'm a, a Penn State grad, and so I was rooting. I was rooting for the Huskies, man. If uh, likewise, yeah, that was a bummer. If there, if there was one more quarter of that game, it would have been a wrap. But you guys came on uh, pretty strong there at the end. But uh, what are you gonna do? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's football though, so. We'll yeah, I hear you. There's always next year, right? Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about your mm -hmm. uh, your shooting career. When did Absolutely. you actually When did you actually start shooting, Christian? Yeah. Well, it was about. Um, I was born in 2000. This was about 2011 or 2012. Um, a local friend on the baseball team invited me over to play with his dad's gun. And uh, my parents thought that was an awful idea, so um, they, <laughs> in, exactly, they were not too happy about it. So they enrolled me in a gun safety class. My brother and I went to our local range and uh, learned a lot about gun safety and, and gained a huge respect for firearms and, and shooting in general and uh, saw my first competition in 2013 and, and had to go out and try it. Well, that's what awesome. Did you, what did you start shooting? It was IEPA. That's uh, what our local club offered. and started there and uh and the rest is history honestly so you had to go out and get yourself a, a fishing vest or something like that maybe a, I a... I wore a coat yeah it was it was a great time <laughs> shooting but I had way too many cover calls way too many many penalties and stuff so um I, I quickly moved on from IDPA <laughs> that doesn't sound like the IDPA I know oh Jeff I wasn't supposed <laughs> to say that way <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, have you ever shot IDPA? Just out of I have not. No, really? I um, I've I haven't had the opportunity. We do run it at our club. Um, it, it, I probably haven't done it like I haven't done shotgun or multi-gun or three-gun because I would probably like it, and then it would just be more time spent shooting. So, uh, I'm I'm staying with USPSA and steel. Well, it's funny because actually, when I start when I started shooting, one of my first action uh, shooting sports that I ever shot was IDPA and uh, I had the same exact experience. That's why, yeah. that's why I laugh, but uh, I don't, shoot, everyone starts that much. With it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, you know, I've met your dad and he's very pragmatic. Mm -hmm. So it was a great idea to get some uh, firearm safety and uh, you and your brother. So uh, he's a very, very wise man. Absolutely. Yeah. It was, it was great. And it kind of just snowballed from there. We, uh, we went out there, took the gun safety class. We bought a 22 pistol, I think, the next day. And uh, there's a Walter P22 and got its uh, you know, older brother, the Walter PPQ in 9mm. And that's why I started competing in. So production. Yeah, production at the time, yeah. Yeah, that's where most people are going to start. Yeah, right. and learned, learned a lot about, you know, just like aligning the sights and whatnot. And it's a really good starting point. And then uh, eventually I had to go over to open and um, speed up my eyes a little bit. but. Started there. 
At so you've been point, shooting Kristen, to... Okay, oh, go, go, go ahead. Stop. Go ahead, no. Jeff. Take it, Steve. Go. After me, Jeff. <laughs> so, <laughs> Christian, I think when I first met you, you were... Mm-hmm. Weren't you doing some SASP shooting? I know you did some Rimfire Challenge, you know, mm-hmm. uh, NSSF. Well, what point did you start in SASP? Yeah, so I shot that first IDPA match, and I always always kept shooting IDPA, uh, or kept shooting IDPA for about uh, six months after that. But after that IDPA, um, went out to my first Steel Challenge match, and it was actually the last Steel Challenge match that our club was hosting because we were totally switching over just to Fun Steel um, because we had a local SASP team there uh, that wanted right. to be able to run their stages. And so um, we had a local team about 20 minutes away from me. We had... Um, 10 or 15 kids that were really involved in, in SASP, and it was great for me because uh, we practiced once or twice a week and shot, you know, a brick or two at every practice, and uh, we went to nationals twice. It's a great experience, and it's actually a really good um, kind of gateway into into more competitive shooting sports. Oh, cool deal. Cool deal. So, Christian, you, you started out IDPA shooting a production mm-hmm. gun, moved over mm-hmm. to USPSA. How long have you been shooting open? So uh, I started shooting open in 2016, or the end of 2016. So I just had a couple months in 2016. Um, and 2017 was my first open season. Um, and it, it, was, it was an okay season, um, but it wasn't really until 2018 where I really started to get the hang of open. And um, open's a really funny division because um, it, I wouldn't say it at, at, at a high level. Um, you know, in, in production division at a high level, you can't make mistakes clearly. But I think at local matches, it's more evident uh, that if you have a jam or even a small, um, you know, misplacing of your foot, your, feet, uh, your footing and whatnot, um, you lose the stage. And so open is really tricky for me uh, to master. And so it wasn't until, until uh, 2018 where I really started to get a hang of it. Excellent. Well, for those of you that don't know, at the Open Nationals this year, uh, Christian was third overall behind the winner, uh, JJ Rakaza and second place Casey Eusebio. And I'm pretty sure you're only about 15 points behind KC as I looked at it. So what, you know, they say there's no natural shooting gene, mm-hmm. but what is it training? Uh, what, what was it that, that allowed you to excel? Uh, to that mm-hmm. level in such a short period of time? Yeah, so, you know, I, I, one of the biggest things with shooting is, is why I like USPSA in general is it, it combines shooting skill uh, and natural athleticism. And so um, for me growing up playing baseball, I played baseball all throughout, all throughout high school at a really high level and um, played summer ball and whatnot. So I have a lot of baseball underneath my belt. And um, I used to be a middle infielder and then I then became a pitcher for high school. Um, and that, that footwork helps a lot, and that natural athleticism has helped me a lot. I'm really blessed with um, with those genetics. I don't think there's really a, a shooting gene, but um, if there's a focus gene, that, that would help a lot. But um, the athleticism is a big part of it. Um, being able to move and shoot um, is really important. And um, But the biggest thing this year, um, between 2017 and 2018, um, was my mental aspect and, and controlling that. And there's really two parts to it. Uh, the stage prep totally changed this year. And the way that I conducted myself in a match and my mentality completely changed. Well, let's walk through that a little bit. Let's talk about mm-hmm. the, let's break down each one of those, if you would. Mm-hmm. Let's do the stage prep one first, because I don't shoot mm-hmm. a lot of USPSA. I've shot a little mm-hmm. bit of it, but, you know, mm-hmm. I focus more on Steel Challenge and all that kind of jazz. Walk me through right. what your stage prep is. Absolutely. So um, I always like to get to the match um, at least a day a day before. I was not uh, not blessed with that at this Nationals. I actually showed up uh, the night before. The range was closing, so I showed up you know real early the next day and and tried to get some some uh, stage walking um, yeah, underneath my belt before shooting. But it all starts um, the day before, and and the biggest thing is this: first, you have to know where every single target is. When I get to a stage, I'll go behind the stage and make sure that I see every target. And I'll explain later later um, why that's so important. It cost me a lot of points actually at at the nationals. Uh, but you have to make sure you see all the targets yeah. and count all the targets. That's the most important thing. Um, if you later on in the stage, if you have a mistake or something, uh, you, you you lose count or something like that, you'll need to know where all the targets are and uh, be able to adjust. But So I go up to a stage. I know where all the targets are. Um, I read, read the stage briefing. Um, I know where my hands are going to start and whatnot. Um, and I go up there, and I have my stage plan. I make my stage plan, which you – know, it's hard to explain exactly how to find the stage plan, but uh, first you have to know all the targets. 
um, you know, know the capacity of your gun. That, that's a lot, right. lot, difficult, lot more difficult to learn. That's something that I've improved upon just naturally in shooting more stages and, and having more challenges to face. Um, but the biggest thing is once you have that stage plan is the visualization um, that, that follows. And so um, it takes really intense focus, but if you go over that stage a million times in your head, I mean, you hear that all the time, right? Go over the stage a million times in your head. And everyone says that, but I really just don't think that they are um, you're doing it a million times in your head. And, and this year I actually started doing it a million times in my head because um, before I shot a stage, I'd make sure that I was able to go behind the, behind the line, um, close my eyes, look at the ground, and be able to see every single blade of grass every single rock, every stick. Uh, and so that was one of the biggest things is just knowing the, the stage in, in far more detail. That was, that was one part of the stage prep that was really important. And, and kind of along the same line is, is knowing where to aim. It sounds so stupid, right? Shoot the target, shoot the A's as fast as possible. Um, it's really simple. But, um, you know, when training with some of my friends and stuff, um, you'll see, you know, an inch group uh, in the Charlie zone. It's like, were, were you, were you uh, aiming at the Charlie zone? It's like, oh, no. He's like, well, where, where were you aiming? He's like, oh, the target. You know, no, you have to go focus. And, uh, and in your run-through, not only just go through the stage, but go through every single sight picture. And when you start to break down the stage to more fine details, that's when you start to shoot better and, and become more of a shooting computer. You collect all this data before, uh, wherever, you know, bladed grass, I joke about that. But where all the targets are, your stage plan, you have all this fine detail. And eventually you need to plug that into your computer, which is your brain, and execute on that stage plan. So that's the big stage prep thing for me. Excellent. Oh, so great. I do shoot a lot of USPSA as well. Mm -hmm. um, focusing now on the PCC world, are you aiming top third of the A zone, center of the A zone? Where, what's your, are you aiming mm -hmm. at the, you know, do you think you see the A and actually aiming there? What's your aim point? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it really depends on the stage. Um, one of the biggest things that, uh, you know, another thing, it's funny you mentioned that, um, I never heard of USPSA math, uh, math until like six months ago. And uh, a couple times I'd be like, well, I don't know, do I want to shoot the A and, and shoot a little bit slower? Or do I want to just go over to that target and stay away from the hardcover and shoot Charlie's or, or an alpha Charlie maybe? And so um, using USPSA math is really important. Um, uh, you, you have to estimate. Uh, your, I'm not really great at it yet, but you estimate your hit factor and then you, you take your points and how long you think it's going to take um, to shoot A's versus Charlie's and kind of add it up and see what's going to be best. But um, a general rule of thumb for majors, you want to shoot away from the hardcover because uh, you just want to shoot away from hardcover. It's obviously dangerous. Um, in production, you want to shoot more A's because it's minor. Uh, carry optics and PCC for that uh, for that matter, but it really depends on the stage. It depends on the hardcover, um, how confident I'm feeling on that stage, the distance, um, and whatnot. So it really depends on the target. There's no um, this one size fits all answer for that, um, but you have to look at the stage and assess it, um, you know, one stage at a time. Well, here's an interesting thing I was told by Shannon mm -hmm. Smith: if mm -hmm. you take your hit factor mm -hmm. and you flip it upside down. So you, okay. you do one over your hit factor. So let's, for sake of argument, say you had a hit factor of five. Okay. So one over five is 0.2. Each point is worth 0.2 seconds, how you shot it. Right. So if you would have taken 0.2 seconds in major and gone from a Charlie to an alpha, you'd have the same exact hit factor. But if you could have yeah. done that in 0.15, you'd have gotten a better hit factor. That was so, the math I was looking for there. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I'm kind of a I'm a kind of a nerd as well, so you know <laughs> that kind of stuff uh, jazzes me. So, and um, so you're shooting open. You're shooting 38 super or nine major. I'm shooting uh, shooting 38 super comp. I'm shooting okay. uh, an Akai custom race gun, and I, I couldn't be more happier with the way it performs. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. But um, the second part there, um, I'll continue on the the mental aspect. Talked about kind of the stage prep there, um, but the biggest thing besides like, the stage prep obviously helped a lot this year, but the mental aspect is just so overlooked. And uh, you know, just, yeah, a quick example: um, I went to the Florida Open in 2017. First stage was this big long range stage. I pulled a gun out of the holster, and I know that I can shoot that target, but for some reason, you know, big match, this was not confident, uh, not as confident as I should have been. I put four shots on this like 50 yard paper. It was ridiculous, and. Uh, so the biggest change this year was, you know, the first stage that I had, uh, had some pretty far targets, whipped the gun out of the holster, two shots, and I knew that they were there. So confidence is a big thing uh, for your mental aspect. 
um, and really having no reservations. I mean, you guys um, both compete at a high level as well, and um, you know, going to the nationals and stuff. Aren't you guys also um, experiencing some of that jitters, uh, some of the jitters and, and things like that? And you know, if you experience that as well, it's, it's really interesting to, to figure out how you can overcome that and think about what it's going to take to uh, be able to be more confident in that situation. Yeah, Christian, I think that's a great that's a great point and a great call out. And you know, one of the strategies that that I uh, employ and I teach people, like when you're shooting steel challenge, you don't go up there and try to you know if you're shooting uh, smoke and hope and you know mm-hmm. you're 100 percent, maybe uh, 1.6 seconds in PCCO, and don't get up there and try to shoot a 155 because especially if it's cold and you're starting on smoke and hope, go up there and shoot an 85 percent. You know, for me, that's maybe like a 1.8 or 185 because I think mm-hmm. even the best of us in those situations, there's a little bit of butterflies, but you get a good Absolutely. one, rip one, it's like, oh, yeah, here we go. Just like riding exactly. and, then, and, then, and dial that baby up a little bit and then shoot you a 155 and a one, you know, whatever that threshold is for you. Mm-hmm. Well, here's a point, too, that uh, I've been talking with a bunch of guys at the range about, and that's you know, you look at football, basketball, baseball, you warm up. Now at nationals, they had a, 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 a hot bay. So you could go and you could, you could put some rounds down range, but most matches, you don't get that hot bay opportunity. Um, do you have any kind of preparation right before your first stage? Are you, you know, jumping jacks or push-ups or anything like that, you know, to, to get those juices flowing or are you just, are you just ready and you get up there and, and you're ready for the, uh, the beep. It's, it's funny you mentioned that because Nationals is kind of interesting for me because um, I actually picked up the gun in a, in a week and I was at the university of Washington. I had midterms and um, so I just flew down there and I needed to get ready for the match. And um, usually I come prepared, ready to go, but it helps so much to get warmed up in the morning. Um, I get out of a hot shower, I stretch, make sure my hamstrings are loose. Um, I don't want to be hobbling around the rest of the day if I pull it on my first stage. So I get loose, I get my arms loose, get my back loose. Um, I go through my baseball warm-ups um, and, and just get ready to go and get your body uh, in an athletic state. Um, that's one of the biggest things, get your body ready, get your mind right. Um, and then I like to go to the dry fire table, um, like to, you know, do some draws. Um, See, pick up the dot. I mean, the biggest thing in open is seeing your dot and seeing things quickly. So uh, be able to, to grab the gun out of the holster, see the dot. Um, that's really important. So that's kind of my, my preparation beforehand. Um, and then mentally just get into the mode that I'm here to win, I'm here to shoot, and be confident. Fantastic. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And I'll just continue on that, that last note there, the mental aspect, the confidence thing. Um, we talk about, you know, once you get in that groove, but one of the biggest things is, is when you get out of that groove, what are you supposed to do? And um, at Area 3 this year, um, <laughs> uh, one of the ROs called a barrel strike um, on me that I really didn't uh, agree with. And, um, and so I, I lost 40 points there and, or 30, 40 points there. It was really frustrating. And um, one of the biggest things is, is just taking it one shot at a time and be able to flush things. Um, I was really frustrated. I kept blaming the arrow in my head, of course. Um, you have to keep a, a level of professionalism. Um, but I, I was really, really disappointed in that stage. And I went over the next stage, and I just realized that I had to stop. Um, you know, I didn't get out of this excuse mindset. And as soon as you stop feeling far- sorry for yourself, is that's the moment when you'll excel and keep getting better. Um, you know, I was, I was discussing earlier about um, knowing where all the targets are. I was the first on the stage. I really just didn't have my, my mind right, and I forgot a target lost 40 points instantly. It was, uh, you know, two alphas um, that weren't there, um, 10-point penalty. It was, it was, you know, things were looking pretty grim. I lost 40 points. And I realized in my head that national championships are separated by 10 or 15 points. I just lost 40. It was really sad. I you know, came all uh, down this way and uh, lost 40 points. And, you know, just like that, I was really frustrated. But um, I gave myself the time for my last shot on that stage, for the last scoring uh, on that stage, to the start of the next stage before I started my walkthrough um, to get over that. And so as soon as you stop blaming things on, oh, the sun was in my eyes, um, I was the first person on the stage, as soon as you stop making those excuses um, and just control what you can control and taking it one shot at a time, that's when we really, uh, really excel. Good tip. Good tip. Yeah. So with USPSA – oh, go ahead. Steve, you take it. No, uh, 
I, I was just going to back up for two, two separate things. Um, mm-hmm. First of all, uh, congratulations on that finish. I, I mean, Christian, there's a lot of, I, I don't shoot a lot of USPSA, but even I know every single name in the top 15 on that list. And I would say, because you're over in Washington, there's a lot of shooting that mm-hmm. happens across the country, but there's a lot that mm-hmm. happens in the Southeast. I would be willing to bet that until you won, how many area matches did you win this year? Was it three? Uh, I won two, and then I was second behind Cody at area five. That was my first one. Okay. And so I I think that a lot of people in USPSA may not have, at least at the highest level, may not have known who you are. And so Mm -hmm. I think that in a 12-month span of time, you went from being a really, really good great shooter that some people knew who you are to number three i you know in the country that is just a huge accomplishment so i just wanted to say congratulations and that's an exceptional exceptional feat that uh you know you were well prepared for it and you just had a plan and executed so congratulations well thank you i really appreciate that and and one of the things um that i've kind of learned through the national experiences um you know, just staying humble is the biggest thing in this sport, in any sport, and in life in general. And so, um, you know, when I look back at myself two, three years ago, and I thought I had it fi- figured out, you know, at you know, like 16, and I really didn't. And it's really important at this at this stage in time to realize that I still don't have it figured out, and I still need to keep learning. And uh, I'll I'll forever be a student of the game, and I, I look forward to uh, improving on it next year. Okay, Steve, and, he's and eight, he's 18. Okay, you know, he's Jeff, I, three I, times I younger than I am. <laughs> and he's he he was saying stuff that I say because I still haven't figured it out, Christian. <laughs> yeah, I will never you know, have Jeff, it figured when out. When he said he was born in 2000, I've got my cell phone next to me. I was waiting for you to text me with something that we can't say over the air. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but to that point, though, you know, in order to be really good at what you do, you do have to be a student, whether that's in the shooting world or your personal life or your professional mm-hmm. life. You know, being open to learning, uh, I, I know it's helped me significantly. Um, so that's a that's a great call out. I, I do want to back up to a little bit of mm-hmm. your SS, SASP or Steel Challenge time. Mm-hmm. At what point did you really turn the corner? Like, you know what? Hey, Dad, brother, friend, mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty good at this. You know, at what point did that happen for you? Mm-hmm. Well, I've I've never really just like felt like. I've had it all together. Um, you know, shooting, there's a lot of ups and downs. Um, but I would say that um, after my first year of SASP, um, I lost to, um, you know, one of the people we compete, compete against a lot, uh, Ethan in the condo, at my first Ethan. national, but point one six seconds. It was ridiculous. Um, I made so many mistakes, and I lost by such a little uh, margin. It was really disappointing. But at that point, I said that this is something I really want to div- uh, devote a lot of time to, and this is something that I want to excel at. And so I started putting the work, and I was so young at that. I was 15, I think. Um, and so I was just ready to, to keep improving. And um, I think it was, you know, after my first year of Open, I realized that I made huge gains over that year by shooting Open. I was so happy to switch to Open. 2017 finish, I really wasn't that satisfied yet. Um, I really didn't think I, I was at the level that I, I should have been at that time with the training I was doing. And then it, it hit me at 2018, area – Area 1, I believe it was at. Uh, I placed 7th or 8th at Area 1 in Missoula, and I really just was not happy with my performance. And that's when I said, okay, this is still something that I really want to excel at. Um, how am I going to get better? I started looking at more YouTube videos, reading more things, and, um, and that's, that's when I hit that turning point going to Area 5. That's, that's the only turning point that I can really think of um, with okay. my shooting career. So, so have let's you- talk have Go you ahead, done yeah. any training? Have you done any training with any, uh, you know, cool, you know, I'm doing air quotes right now, professionals or taken any classes? Mm-hmm. I haven't taken any classes, um, but I've been really fortunate to live in an area with some top-level GMs, and we're part of a little shooting group called Down Zero. We practice at our local indoor range. We rent out this big bay, and I usually have seven or eight guys come out and practice, and I've been really fortunate um, to have Zach Campbell and Andrew Hong. Those are my, my two shooting coaches, and they've been able to help me um, progress and get a lot better at the sport, and they're very knowledgeable people, and so they can instantly see what I'm doing wrong, and, hey, you got to do this, this, and that, and 
Um, Zach's helped me a lot in this last year with my mental game, and, um, and not all the things that I say um, have, have come from me. I've been uh, taking bits and pieces from different shooters, and Zach's one of the shooters that, that I've uh, taken a lot of information from. Excellent. So we've talked a little bit on the phone and in person. We talked mm -hmm. a little bit about uh, training, and you and I mm -hmm. talked a little bit about your draw and how many rounds actually you shoot for a year. Can you kind of enlighten folks? How many rounds do you mm -hmm. actually put down in range, down range in the last twelve months? And then, you know, how do you supplement that with your, um, you know, live fire and dry mm -hmm. fire regiment? Yeah. So I'll I'll go back to the twenty eighteen season. That was like. Uh, that was the biggest shooting year I've had yet. I shot probably 16 or 17,000 rounds that year. I've, I've been used to shooting about 10,000 rounds, like 2016, 2017, about 10,000, and uh, 18 was the most shooting I've done, 15, 16,000. Um, it's kind of hard to keep track. You're just loading all the time and stuff, so I try to keep track of it, but about 16,000, and um, uh, I've definitely changed my practice schedule um, in the past year because uh, 2018 was a year when uh, during the summer I had my business internship and whatnot during the day, but, you know, two, three times a week I'd be out on the range shooting, you know, 200 rounds and practicing steel challenge, practicing USPSA, but a lot has changed in the past uh, six months now going to school. You doing with yeah, dry fire? Yeah, dry fire is, is so big. Um, uh, one of the biggest things with dry fire and open, specifically, I mean, Iron sights will help a lot, uh, of course, too. But with the open division, is, is the biggest thing is picking up that dot and be able to see things really fast. I mean, the open division, everything happens so quickly. If you draw that gun out and the dot's not in the center of the, the window there, you're having issues. So um, especially with open division, dry fire is important to be able to center that dot in the window uh, from a draw, from a reload, and, and really be familiar with your gun. So um, during the summer, I mean, if I was not shooting, I was probably dry firing because I, I see immense value in dry fire. Um, I mean, besides the actual shooting part, it's really hard to replicate that, obviously, but as far as draws, reloads, unloaded starts, um, you know, with that's for USBSA, you, you gain a lot of that through dry fire, and then for steel challenge, um, getting that first shot up, um, you know, transitioning with your hips is really important, too. Those are the, the, the that's the value um, that I see in dry fire, those skills specifically, but um, you do have to get on the range and, and get that recoil impulse and, and more transitioning and stuff. Well, you know, I just made a post the other day, uh, challenge to everyone out there. Um, if you just took 10 minutes a day, you're probably oh, yeah. going to get about 30 draws. And by the end of the year, you'll be over 10,000 draws. Oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I mean, I did the math and I went, you know, that's like, I mean, if you were a steel challenge shooter shooting a centerfire gun, that's like mm -hmm. over 50 matches of draws. Oh, but all you're doing is yeah. 10 minutes a day. Yeah. If everyone spent 10 minutes a day dry firing, they'd be an immensely better shooter. And uh, one of the big, biggest things for Steel Challenge, moving a little bit away from USBSA here, um, the biggest thing is Steel Challenge, or one of the biggest things, is, is the draw. And Steve and I were talking about this the other day, and um, one of the biggest things that I see as a disadvantage um, in Steel is the fact that Max, KC, and BJ can draw their gun like no one else can. I mean, they're drawing in speeds that I could only dream of drawing in. Um, but then when you take my shooting, Max's shooting, Casey's, and BJ's shooting, and you, you overlap the actual shooting part, it's very, very similar. So I'm starting to see um, far more importance in the draw. Um, if I'm shooting at the same cadence of them, uh, where am I losing this time? And I figured out that a big um, chunk of time uh, can be saved in the draw. And so um, I've been home over Christmas break for the past three days or three weeks. Uh, and every single day I've been drawing my gun uh, with a timer, press a timer, random, and just draw 100, 200 times and uh, basically until I get bored, which is, is quite hard with shooting. Well, 2018 was definitely good to you. Um, I did go back and look at uh, what we all call the, uh, the Nationals, but it's the U.S. Steel Shoot. And mm -hmm. you were fifth. Uh, and, again, that's, uh, that's no slouch. So uh, congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah, the, the U.S. Steel Nationals was a really fun match for me. Um, I got to shoot um, my open gun, my rimfire pistol iron gun, and my, rim, my uh, rimfire pistol open gun um, until my rifle went. I also shot rifle, which uh, Steve Foster was, uh, was so nice and came over and said, oh, my rifle, some little part broke in it, and handed me my rifle, which thank you again for that. That was super nice. But um, Not a problem, uh, brother. Yeah, always helping each other out. That's one of the big things I love about shooting is, 
everyone's always helping each other out, and uh, I love that. But back to nationals, it was a it was a great match, uh, a great match for me. I love shooting the open division, and um, I look back at it now though, and I just keep cringing at some of my draws and whatnot. <laughs> and uh, it's funny that match was like six months, uh, maybe not six months ago, it was you know, almost a year ago. But um, that's one of the biggest things is is looking back and seeing my footage and and just seeing how I can improve. But it was a great match. I absolutely loved it, and um, I'm trying to go back again this year. Well, I know Steve and I are going to be there. We're looking forward to seeing you. Absolutely. I just, uh, squatting just opened, so um, I'll see you down there for sure. Sweet. You know, we, we talked about the draw a little bit, and just mm -hmm. to reinforce the point that you made, you know, if uh, Max has got a draw on, a, you know, a point eight and you're coming out of the holster at one second flat on, like, a speed option, I mean, mm -hmm. over the course of the match, that's that's six seconds or so, and it's 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 exciting to hear that that's all you need to work on. And I, I don't mean that in a flippant <laughs> kind of way because it's a pretty big deal. I mean, you right. know, we, we talked to Max here, I don't know, a month or two ago, and he was talking about his time at the AMU, and he shot over 200,000 rounds in a year. And, you know, for the average shooter, you know, sitting here listening, you say, oh, yeah, I shot 20,000. So, you know, it's yeah. like, uh, yeah, that's about 10 years of my life. He did it in a year. And so, uh, you know, you're very proficient at it. And, and I got all the confidence in the world with, your training regimen that you're going to, mm -hmm. you're going to get there. It may not be in a month or two, but it could be in six or 12 for sure. But that is the only thing holding you back in, uh, yeah. in steel I mean, for the being number one. Too. Yeah. The, uh, the shooting can definitely improve as well. Uh, I'm still not, I, I, was, I was at the range the other day and still making uh, big, uh, big moves uh, with my steel challenge shooting and transitioning and whatnot. But the draw is just so important. And, uh, that's one of the big disadvantages that I see with uh, my steel challenge shooting is um, that those three guys in particular have so much experience and so much um, uh, really just experience on, on me uh, shooting those stages and, and whatnot. And so I'm just trying to shoot as much shield as I can this year and really focus a lot more on that. Um, because I really think my time shooting SASP um, really helped me with my USPSA game um, with transitioning and just overall shooting. You shoot a lot of rounds. 22 is a lot cheaper than a 9mm or 38 Huber comp. So I see a lot of value in that transitioning over to other shooting sports as well. Hey, hey, Jeff, can I tell you a quick story? Absolutely. So I think Christian and I were at, um, I think it was at the U.S. Steel shoot, and mm -hmm. Christian's dad was there, and we're, talking about the prize table and all that kind of stuff at the end of the match. And, and we started talking about open guns and, and uh, asked him what he was shooting. And he said, Oh, well, I've got uh, Shea Kai, you know, who he is. And I said, well, I know who he is. And a couple of our fellow teammates, uh, Tom and Joel shoot a Kai guns. And, you know, I've heard a lot of great things about him. He said, well, I'm getting, I'm getting one built. And then I did a little looking around on social media and I looked at a Kai's website and uh, he's got this uh, this program. Oh, yeah, the contingency program. Contingency, yeah. The contingency program. And I sat there and thought to myself, I looked at the computer, and I just started laughing out loud. And my wife walked in. She said, Steve, what are, you, what are you laughing at? I said, oh, no, Christian Saylor's got an Akai gun. See this contingency program? Oh, man, this Shay Akai, he's going to have to buy a Christian a boat or a house or a truck or something like that because <laughs> – because this guy's going to be wearing it out. So uh, let's talk a little bit about sponsorship. Um, mm -hmm. Who are your sponsors, Christian? Mm -hmm. So I have uh, three sponsors right now. I've um, been with all these companies for a while now, and uh, uh, really grateful for Rainier Ballistics, Akai, uh, Akai Custom Guns, and Tactical Solutions for uh, their support this season. Great. Well, what, what gun did you shoot in uh, U.S. Nationals? What uh, Did you shoot an Akai gun? Uh, U.S. Steel Nationals, I just have, um, you know, it, it's built by a couple different people, but uh, kind of just a put-together steel gun. So I'm looking forward to getting a new steel gun, but it's just a custom 2011. Nothing really special about it. But um, okay. the real special thing that I have actually sitting in front of me is my uh, Akai Custom 2011 open gun. And the biggest uh, change, you know, besides the whole mental aspect, but uh, the biggest change this year was, was my pistol, of course. And um, I can confidently say that, uh, as soon as I got this pistol, I increased my shooting skill by at least 5%. Um, I mean, it, it is one thing to say, uh, you know, Michael Jordan wasn't good because of his Jordans. Go out, you know, buy Michael Jordan shoes. But this gun is really something special. Um, I absolutely love it. Uh, I mean, just 
uh, you know, numbers. I went to the Oregon Open and uh, beat the Area 1 champion by just a small margin where he beat me by 15% not two or three months uh, earlier. So um, you wow. know, the only thing that changed in that time was the gun. So um, wow. you know, I'm not saying anything, but the gun is absolutely amazing, and I couldn't be happier with that. Well, Christian, Steve and I have talked at length about this, and mm-hmm. you can't buy your game. I mean, you've right. clearly put in the work. But once you've put in the work and you get to a level, then, you know, having the confidence in your gun is huge. You know, knowing that Absolutely. gun is going to perform every time, every, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, pull the trigger, the gun's going to go bang. Uh, you're going to get magazines feeding correctly. Um, that's a mental aspect that you don't have to worry about. And so that's where, you know, that top of the line gun like an Akai is going to come into play. Um, I, I said to Steve, I said, if you put like, Take for instance Steel Challenge. If you put a stock twenty two forty five in Max's hands, he'd probably do just about as well as long as it ran the whole day. And right. that's a key. Um, I mean, a number of people have had, you know, have been right there in the in the throes of uh, of winning a match, and then they have a magazine failure, or they have a feed issue, or you know, a stovepipe, or something of that nature, and the match is lost because of the equipment. Yeah, that that's one of the, I mean, when I chose an open gun, uh, the, I was thinking about the all, I was making a list of what I wanted on an open gun and all the different parts and the grips and everything I wanted. And then I just realized that the only three things that I really wanted on the gun was reliability, reliability, and reliability. And so when I'm <laughs> looking at it, I mean, that's the biggest thing with the gun. I mean, if the gun doesn't fire, how can you shoot well? You just can't. And so um, I realized that I just wanted a really reliable gun built by a reputable builder, uh, which Shea is, and I just absolutely love the gun that I got. Um, and the gun is never jammed. I mean, all my match videos are up online, and you can go watch it. Uh, the gun never jams. It always shoots, um, you know, shoots, shoots uh, every bullet I put through it, and I'm really happy with the results with the reliability. But I also realized that everything else is just bells and, whistle out, bells and whistles after it. Um, but the bells and whistles are really important, and um, I have this gun, you know, every spec that I have on it is, uh, you know, the spec that I really like, and I have different reasons for using different grips, different triggers, and everything like that, um, but I've just been really happy with uh, all the bells and whistles, as they say, and um, I have not seen a gun shoot as flat as this gun. I mean, did you guys see that slow-mo video I posted on Instagram? I did yeah. not. Oh, okay. It, it well, I'll just send it over to you, but. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm. That's one see, of the I'm, I'm over that's the age of fifty, that. so I don't use Instagrams. <laughs> I'll, make sure to, I'll make sure to put it on uh, on on Facebook then too for you. All right. I'm still on MySpace, so uh, see if you can. <laughs> Pretty sure they shut oh, that down, geez. but uh, it's still up there. I'll, I'll get an account soon. No, Facebook would be fine. I'd appreciate that. Gotcha. Uh, Christian, could you walk us through the specs of your Akai gun? Because I've heard a lot of mm-hmm. discussion. And, you know, Tom and Fish and those guys are like, man, it's a flat shooting gun and this and that. And then it, after that discussion, it's, well, what grip do you like? Well, I like the Evo. I like this. I like that. So could you walk uh, walk all of us through what your your specs are on your gun and trigger and grip and all that kind of jazz for us? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, very convenient that I have it right in front of me. But um, we'll start from the bottom here. We got a really big Dawson Ice Magwell on it. Um, it's connected to a PT grip, which I'm really liking. Um, I, I joke that the that you don't actually grip the gun, the gun grips you, and I would totally agree with that because, um, I mean, once once you haven't shot in a week, you'll pick up the gun, your hands are almost bleeding. That's how aggressive it is. And as much as it's uh, sometimes uncomfortable, I really like the way that it fits in my hand and uh, really like the way that it, uh, it shoots with the grip on it because it adds weight to the back of the gun. Uh, one of the biggest things with a gun is, is having a really balanced gun, and so uh, putting some weight in the back here really helps a lot with that and uh, helps minimize recoil. I'm having a really sturdy weight there at the at the back of the gun. Um, I have is a, it a stain, is it a st- mm-hmm. is it a stainless Evo? Uh, it is, yeah, it's a stainless Evo. Okay, yeah. cool, perfect. And then uh, as far as triggers go, I have a medium length um, trigger in there. Um, it's it's from SVI. I really like the way that feels. Um, it's a real crisp trigger that Shea puts in there. Um, you'll build it, build it however you ask, but um, I have about one and a half pound trigger in there. It's real light, but I um, really like the way that it shoots and the performance I get with it. And um, I feel that a, a, a shorter trigger, um, they make short, medium, and long. The short one's a little too short. The long one's a little bit too long, and I like the way the medium feels with my, with my hands. Um, I run a, a gas pedal on the side there. 
Um, it's in the, the perfect spot to help mitigate any recoil. There's no recoil on this gun, but uh, theoretically, if there was some, um, it's there to, to minimize it. Um, I have a shielded safety. My thumbs uh, sometimes get in the way there, so I have that on the left side. Um, got a, a nice backer on there, Leupold, Leupold Delta Point Pro. Um, and then moving to the end of the gun, that's when you really start to see the, the technology. Um, I currently use an old-style compensator. There's two different types of compensators, um, an old and a new style. really like the way that the, uh, the old-style tracks for me. Um, it's a V4, um, so we got, um, I wish you guys could see a picture here, but I have three popple holes on top and then two holes on both other sides of the slide. Um, and then internally, um, we have a tungsten sleeve barrel, and that's something that, that uh, I love to talk to Shay about because um, he knows far more than I do about the technology in the gun, but the tungsten is something that I do understand. Um, you know, having that, that sleeve barrel and that weight there just feels so nice in the gun, and it just balanced out the gun, and uh, I, I was really scared about putting a tungsten in it, in fact, but I'm really, really, really happy with the way that it turned out, and um, I honestly just could not ask for a better gun to shoot. So what was it uh, when you say you were scared? You were thinking it was going to be too heavy? Yeah, I, I thought the gun would just be way too heavy. I mean, I was like, oh, we already have the PT grip on it and, and all that stuff. But um, it, I like the weight there. I mean, um, the gun just shoots so flat. Um, I've never had any trans, any issues transitioning the gun. Um, and it's just so flat, so reliable, so accurate. I love it. And um, I think one of the, the big things that's, that's really nice about this gun, too, is having that titanium compensator on the end. And so it makes the gun feel a little bit shorter. shorter. I have a, a midi-length gun, um, and it's just super flat. Um, you know, I, I just love the gun. Is it a five inch? Is it a five inch barrel or? Uh, a little more detail than I know, but I think it is. I think it is. It, okay. It's a midi length, a short okay. midi, in fact. Yeah. It, so back to your back to your ahead, trigger. Steve. Is it is it flat or is it curved? I have a flat one on it. I, I've been trying out the flat one this yeah. year, and I really like the way that, that feels. Um, just I feel like it's almost a more uh, reliable feel. Um, sometimes I can yes. get the, the curved one at a weird angle, and the straight one's just straight all up and down. So I really like it. Yeah, I, that's the exact trigger I run in my Carolina Arms Group uh, 1911, and I, I love it. it what oh, about absolutely. your dot? What MOA are you shooting? Uh, they only come in a 2.5, and I think it's 7 or 8 or 9 or something like that. So it's a, it's a smaller one. Um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but Leupold only make two right now. One's the big triangle and one's the smaller dot. And I use a smaller dot on there. Okay. Okay. Cool. And on your yeah. um your gas pedal, are you in the classic grip or have you adopted the opposable grip? Which uh, the, the classic one is where your thumb is very forward down the down the uh the frame. The opposable where they're they're both more uh, almost vertical. Yeah. My thumb, uh, it just rides the gas pedal naturally. I wouldn't say that's too far down. I'm putting my hands on it right now to see, but um, I, I just put my thumb right, right on top of that gas pedal there. Um, but one of the, as far as grip goes, one of the things that I have uh, adjusted this year, a little bit in off season, was uh, uh, relaxing my right hand a lot more, and then just really squeezing hard with my left hand. And so I got a lot more um, uh, dexterity in my in my trigger finger this year. Excellent. So let me yeah, jump back a... to let me jump back to Steel Challenge for a second. Um, I mean, mm -hmm. I was working the world shoot. You were out there. Um, um, you know, you came right up, shook my hand, um, and we'd met at a couple of matches before. I've seen you down here in Florida at Universal. But getting mm -hmm. into Steel, back to Steel Challenge. Um, right. and we've asked this of Max. Um, what's your favorite stage? My favorite stage. I would have to say uh, five to go. Um, I have a lot of range restrictions at my current range, and so five to go is really the only one that I can practice um, with, with distance and stuff. It's only, like, big stages that we can set up, and I practice it a lot, and I really think that stage is kind of the um, – it really tests everything that the shooter has, the transitions, uh, the varying uh, distances, not much with, with size, of course, but the distances and whatnot, and I think it's uh, a big stage that I can capitalize on in my, my shooting style. Um, being conservative on it, but yet still pushing the pace and being able to um, feel a really good rhythm. Um, that's what I really like about five to go. Okay. Now, conversely, what's your least favorite stage? Uh, well, I've gone back and forth on this a little bit. Um, I used to think that Smoke and Hope is my least favorite stage because I just cannot keep up with the draw and whatnot. Uh, they're drawing like point eight or something crazy like that. Uh, but I've actually learned to love uh, Smoke and Hope, and it's more of an art to me now than just some wild stage. I like everyone thinks. But I would have to say Showdown because I can never practice that stage 
none of the local ranges. I can drive two hours and we can't really set it up. So uh, I just don't get to practice it. And one of my biggest strengths with field challenge is that I just don't get to shoot it very much. Um, I, I, it's only about two, three weeks. You know, I get two, three weeks away from a big match. I'll go drive over to eastern Washington and, and set up some steel plates and stuff at a range that will actually support the stages and go practice it. So it's really hard to get steel, steel time in, uh, which is really frustrating because steel is so much fun. Um, but I get in uh, as much as I can. Great. Thanks for that. Chris, I want to go back to uh, a little bit more about your gear and load and that kind of stuff, because, you know, placing in the, the top three at uh, USPSA Nationals, the Open, I, you know, I mean, everybody's got to know. So what are you running as a holster? I'm running the uh, Double Alpha X holster. I've I just fallen in love with that holster. Um, it is just so smooth to draw out of and just so clean. Um, I mean, it just, first off, the holster looks really nice. Um, it's just, it's such an upgrade from, from any other holsters out there. Um, it looks, looks really nice and it's really, um, really nice to travel with as well. I just take it off the little hanger there and, um, it, it collapses down really nicely. But as far as performance goes, I really like the way that it, that it works with my guns. Um, I have a PT insert and also an STI insert and I switch it out really easily and, um, the draw from it's really smooth and consistent. No, that's cool. I just started open uh, shooting open and steel challenge here a few months back, and I won't shame the brand that I was using, but I did move to the same exact holster that you're that you're using, and my my draws got 0.2 better just by changing a holster. And the the level of adjustability was was crazy. So I'm actually uh, heading this this weekend to shoot all 13 divisions or the final couple of divisions to shoot to get classified in all uh, 13 divisions. And so it was really cool to spend 50 bucks from Double Alpha to get a Smith and Wesson 929 insert that slid <laughs> right into the right in the holster, so I didn't have to spend you know 100 to 200 dollars on a new holster. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, so that's sweet. let's. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about your your load. Rainier makes fantastic bullets. Uh, can you walk us Absolutely. through what what grain weight uh, bullet that you're using and what what load you're using? Yeah, of course. So I have um, I have the Rainier Ballistics 124 double plated bullets. Um, I I can't stop saying that things uh, you know good about Rainier Ballistics to make. You know, all the bullets you'd ever want out there, all different weights and whatnot, and um, really like the 124 grain bullet. Um, I use 10.2 uh, Vitaburi 3N38, and um, I load it at 1.24, and it's just real nice and, and soft. Um, it's pretty crazy loading it, though. You have to load it, like, really slowly because there's so much powder in the actual case. Um, oh, yeah. The whole case is, is practically filled up um, with it, but I'm just putting my little, thir you know, 124 Rainier Ballistics bullet on top, and loading the gun it works perfectly so what you said you're loading it at 1.24 yeah wow that's long um yeah i mean i used to i've got a an open gun and i shot some nine major and now i've just used it for uh for steel challenge so i've downgraded the spring and uh just shooting nine might you know shooting a minor load but mm -hmm. i was loading it like 1165 so that's a long bullet you're shooting yeah, I just leave all the, the low data up to Shay and my dad, whatever we figure out. But it was super easy. You got the gun from Shay and just PM'd him. I'm looking for my PMs to, to find the length. It looks like it's 1.24. But, um, yeah, I just asked him the length, and he already had, you know, load set up for it, and it was just perfect. Beautiful. Well, that's nice when, the, you know, you can do that, where you've got a, a guy that's, you know, able to help you out with that as much, too, because, you know, mm -hmm. I spent months trying to come up with the right load uh, trying different things and changing compensators and all that before it finally dialed it in. Yeah. Shay just has it figured out. I mean, he has the perfect recipe for an open gun, um, not just a load, but he has the recipe figured out to make a reliable and soft and flat gun. So, um, you know, it's just perfect getting gun from him. Super. Well, you know, Steve and I love to give out tips and all that, and you've given us a lot of good, uh, information here, but, if you were just going to, you know, put you on the spot, okay. what's the best tip you can tell our listeners? Well, uh, you know, I was thinking about this earlier, and uh, I, have, I broke it down from a match tip and a practice tip. Perfect. I talked about the match, I talked about the match tips with the stage prep and the visualization. So I think my tip would definitely be in practice. And so 
Um, one of the big, th biggest things in practice that I focus on that Zach and, and Zach Campbell and Andrew Hong have, have taught me is, is try to push uh, the pace in practice and train your eyes to see things quicker. Um, it's really important in all divisions that you shoot, but specifically in the open division because it just goes so fast is um, train your eyes to see things quicker and be able to um, adapt to that, that fast-paced environment of shooting open. And so um, in my training, I do um, I set up a stage that you can shoot for USPSA. I set up a stage that you can shoot, you know, six or eight different ways, um, you know, different draws, different movements, start here, start up range, whatever. Um, and I shoot it twice the same way, and I shoot it two other different ways. And on my first way, uh, you know, first time shooting the stage, I shoot it conservative, not conservative, but, you know, match pace and then mm -hmm. the second time i pushed my pace and try to see things a lot faster and so um that's the biggest thing when practicing is trying to push that pace and see things quicker um and then kind of along that that i feel like this tip's you know big but the tip is just how to practice better and more efficient efficiently and the biggest thing is, is pushing that pace and then focusing on something on every every single run um focus on one thing say okay my draw was bad i didn't didn't shoot this target this um, specific way. So focus on one thing every single run. And as soon as you figure, think that you have everything figured out, you don't. And so go back and uh, and look at what you did. So uh, the best way for me um, is, is visual analysis. And so um, take videos, uh, get some software. You can overlay the videos and look at them and, and show it to your friends. I mean, I get videos all the time. People PM me say, hey, can you look at this? Of course. I mean, so if you guys ever have anything you want to send me to look at or anything, I may send you guys some videos and, and see if you realize anything in my shooting. So visual analysis and pushing the pace would be my two tips. Fantastic. Well, Steve, uh, we got a lot of information here. How you doing? No, it's it's been very educational. I appreciate your time tonight with us, Christian. Great, great Absolutely. information. I know our, our listeners appreciate it as well. Yeah, fantastic. Well, thanks so much for having well, me, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Glad you're here. Uh, hopefully see at U.S. Steel and, uh, and the other matches going forward. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much, guys. All right. Thanks, Christian. All right. Thank you.